Our reading this morning is taken from Isaiah chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. The word that Israel, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountains of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up their swords against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. It's lovely to be here. I hope you're well at home. I test the help of God's Holy Spirit as we have his word open before us. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you so much for the prophet Isaiah, who you spoke so clearly through. We pray, Lord, that you will make the written word the living word this morning, and that you will turn our hard hearts, our fearful hearts, into hearts of flesh that trust you for all things and can know your peace. For we ask it for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're carrying on with our series regarding the Messiah in Isaiah. And we've reached Isaiah chapter 2 and verses 1 to 5. And here Isaiah is touching on the whole subject of peace. Now peace is something that has been in short supply for many years. In fact, even for thousands of years. The Society for International Law states that in the last 4,000 years... There has only been 268 years of peace in our world, in spite of treaties and pacts. And in the last 300 years, in Europe alone, there have been 268 wars. They're sobering statistics, aren't they? But Isaiah, looking down 800 years down the corridor of time, is shown clearly by God when true and lasting peace will be achieved between nations, but even more so how importantly peace can be achieved with God. I'd like to look at this passage in three ways. I'd like to look at peace past, peace present, and peace for the future. Let's begin with peace past. Verse 2 talks about the latter days, but for Isaiah regarding his prophetic words, This includes the first and second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah. 
And one of those titles that the Messiah will have, or did have, was the, was the Prince of Peace. So Isaiah could see that the Messiah was going to bring peace in different forms, internal peace, as well as the peace between nations. One of the very rare periods of peace in our history was in fact when the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world as a babe of Bethlehem. You remember, and we're going to celebrate it shortly, shortly at Christmas time. Joseph had traveled back to his hometown with his pregnant wife, Mary, because of the census that took place across the whole of the Roman occupied territory. And that at the time would have been most of the known world. And Caesar Augustus, using this time of peace, evaluates what manpower he had and to make sure that everybody was paying taxes. Now, the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ as he came to earth was to teach us how to live. He showed us through his miracles, through the way he interacted with people, how as men and women, we should walk the Christian way. We should follow the Lord Jesus Christ's example. But of course, his ministry at 33 years culminated in his death upon Calvary. And there his death enabled us to have a living relationship with the Holy God. He satisfied the Holy God by the ultimate sacrifice of himself on the cross of Calvary. So that as we've already said this morning, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, John 3.16. Peace with God was established on the cross 2,000 years ago. When the Lord Jesus Christ, hanging naked between heaven and earth, cried with a loud voice, Tetelestai, it is finished, it is accomplished. And that curtain that barred people from going into the Holy of Holies, which was as thick as a man's fist, was torn from top to bottom as the death of the Lord Jesus Christ enabled us as sinful men and women, boys and girls, to enter into the presence of a holy God. But what about peace present? As preachers, as the vicar, from this church and from many churches throughout our land, we continue to preach this great salvation today. But what gives us peace now? We're in the midst of a pandemic which has certainly threatened our internal peace. Worry and fear are all around us. But the question is, in 2020, is it possible to have peace? And the answer from the scriptures is a resounding yes, but only through a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ into our hearts, through confession of our heartfelt sorrow for our sins, in doing this, we do something wonderful. And that is we put our trust in him. We believe in him and we take a step of faith. We give it all to him. Our worries, our fears, our health, even our sorrow. And because he loves us, he is caring and compassionate. And in doing this, we have peace. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your care on me. It is that giving of our care over to the Lord. It is that trust 
It is that wanting to believe and, and believing with all our hearts that as we give our worries and our troubles and our sorrows to the Lord, he takes them from us. And when they're taken from us onto him, what is left is peace. So present peace comes through trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is where lasting peace can be found. You know, as sure as many of you at home will have taken a COVID test by now. And there is nothing more um, fearful as waiting for the results of that test. We've had two at home, one in the drive-in, and one when we went up to Iron Marsh College. And there you have to take that sour-tasting swab and put it into your mouth and move it around your tonsils. I don't even know whether I've got any tonsils, to be honest with you. I've rubbed them that hard. But there you wait for a period of time, and a little later then you receive the results. And for some people, it can be a real challenge if they're tested positive. If they get a positive test, then they know they have to isolate. And I know people who've been really poorly through that. But also for those uh, like my wife and I, who had a negative test, there is a period of relief that you're negative. But I think the most important thing is what it says on that notice that you're given on your phone or on your computer, that is just for the day. You were negative just for that time when you took the test. It doesn't mean you're still negative. And that's a good illustration of temporary peace compared to lasting peace that we receive from the Lord Jesus Christ. As the hymn writer put it, O Christ, in thee my soul has found, and found in thee alone, the peace, the joy I sought so long, the bliss until now unknown. In 1555, going back a good few years, the Bishop of London, Nicholas Ridley, was on the eve of execution. He was to be burned at the stake. And in his stark prison cell in the Tower of London, his brother came to visit him. And he took pity upon Ridley. And he said to him, shall I stay with you tonight, Nicholas, so that you're not on your own the last night you're on the earth? But Ridley declined. He stated that he would go to bed that night and he would sleep quietly. This is on the eve of being burnt for the stake. How could he do this? And I quote, because he knew the peace of God, he put his full trust in him and he rested in the everlasting arms. What a testimony. That is the answer. We must rest in the everlasting arms, put our trust in the Lord and we can face all things. But what about future peace? Isaiah could see the Messiah in his first coming he could see he would come as a suffering servant, even dying upon the cross. But in verse 4, we see the day of the second coming of the Messiah. You remember in the book of Acts, the disciples stood and looked as Jesus was lifted up into heaven. And the angels who were there said he will return in like manner. So one day... And one day soon the Lord Jesus will return again. The clouds will turn back like a curtain. And then the Lord Jesus Christ in all of his glory, in all of his power, 
in all of his majesty will come again to this earth and judge the nations and all the disputes and all the squabbles and all the desires of man, his pride, his passion, his lust, all those things that mean that we take up arms against each other will be put away. And verse 4 tells us, then it will be that the weapons of war will be changed into agricultural tools to plowshares and pruning hooks. You see that there in verse 4? The plowshare is a piece of iron, broad but not large, with tips at the end of a shaft. And the wooden shaft is pulled along, and there the, the piece of iron, the piece of metal, like a sword, cuts through the ground and makes a furrow so it can be sowed and reaped and harvested. The iron tip resembles the short sword that the ancient warriors would have. The same with the pruning hook. That was a long piece of wood with a crooked knife attached to the end of it for trimming vines or trimming things like uh, wisteria that would be something tall up on a side of a building. It would be able to be cut by this crooked knife, this pruning hook. But the point that Isaiah is making is this. The destructive will become constructive. That which has been something to kill and to maim and to hurt and to mar another person's life can be something that is used for creation. There is no greater joy than being out in this glorious creation that we have. But another of my great joys is turning the soil, planting the seed, and watching it grow. To see that creation come into being, to see the cucumbers, to see the tomatoes, to see the things that you planted as a small seed come into fruition, brings all your creative juices to, to bear as you see them coming into being. So what can we conclude? We may not see this peace between nations just at the moment, but surely an end is coming. But we can today have peace within our hearts through the Lord Jesus Christ if we commit our hearts to him. Let's pray together. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we crave for peace, particularly peace within our hearts. Many of us this morning are in turmoil. How could we know your peace? Help us just in this moment now to cast all our concerns, our worries, our fears upon you. Knowing that you love us. Knowing that you'll take care of us. Knowing that we could not trust a greater than you. We cannot trust ourselves, but we can trust you because you are well able to hear and answer our prayer and give us the peace that Ridley had that he could lie on his bed, knowing that around him were the everlasting arms. For we ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen.